Hello and welcome to another episode of the Power Bomb Power Hour. I am one half of the greatest podcast tag team champions of the world, Eric Howell. And joining me is the high flying, body slamming, smooth talking, and the original man in the infamous gobbledygooker turkey costume from the 1990 Survivor Series, Jason <laughs> Elam. <laughs> No, it's not at all. But I appreciate the uh, the thought that I would have that kind of a role in a Survivor Series. That'd be great. Well, I guess uh, due due diligence doesn't always work out. So. <laughs> Darn you, Google! Well, you do the best you can. How are you this week? Uh, besides having a little bit of a cold, I'm feeling really, really excited about this episode. We have a lot to talk about. And this has been an amazing week in wrestling. It is so much fun to be a wrestling fan right now. And to see people playing up WWE versus AEW is such a thrill because, you know, a few months ago, nobody would even talk about this stuff online hardly. And so it's a really big deal to see everybody so excited and pulling for their favorite brand again. It feels like 1999. <laughs> right. The Monday Night Wars seem to be heating up again. Obviously, WCW is not in the picture this time, but AEW seems to be a formidable challenger to the big brand. And AEW's Tony Khan, the owner, general manager, fired some shots on social media this week in WWE's direction, said they were going to beat SmackDown, the supersized edition of SmackDown that had moved over to Fox Sports 1 for uh, 30 minutes of Rampage's time this week. And WWE seemed to fire back some shots in their direction as well. AEW put out a uh, social media piece that said for every 300 likes or something like that, they were going to grow Daniel Bryan's beard in this picture. And WWE did the exact same social media stunt using a Sami Zayn picture, which he got very upset about, by the way. Ooh. Yeah. So it's uh, things are heating up, man. It's, it's a fun time. No, it's super exciting. But unfortunately, AEW didn't get the numbers that they were hoping for. It, it was very close. And SmackDown definitely got a lot less than what they normally have. But Rampage didn't really gain any viewers. So it's kind of a lose-lose. Now, is that based on the overnights or is that based on the official numbers? I was under the understanding they're not out yet as we're recording this. I just saw some numbers online. They may not be exactly correct. I think they're like the weekend numbers. So we'll, right. I think we'll see Monday what the, uh, yeah. the official numbers are. But so far, not so good. But What did they actually look like? I haven't seen them. Oh, well, so SmackDown got... Almost 800,000, which is a lot less than their normal yeah. 2 million. Okay. Do we know what Rampage did? Uh, they got around 550,000, so it's uh, it's also less for them. All right. Very good. Well, it's the beginning of the war, man. Things uh, things are just now starting to heat up. It's only going to get bigger and brighter from here. I'm really excited. And it seems like what Tony Khan seems like a really big fan of WCW. So it was only, it was a matter of time before this happened. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It was always headed in this direction. And I love what he said when people compare him to WCW, which he takes as a compliment. He also adds, Ted Turner didn't know about as much about wrestling as I do. Oh, that's a good point. And so, yes, uh, Tony Khan has already demonstrated he knows what he's doing better than Ted Turner, of course, ever did, which he didn't actually run WCW himself. He just owned it. But... Uh, I think Tony Khan's sharper than Eric Bischoff. I think he's sharper than, certainly than Vince Russo, who were running things back in WCW during the uh, primary days of the Monday Night War. So I'm excited. I think things are just now getting started and it's going to only get better from here. No, I totally agree. And uh, speaking of Tony Khan being smart, 
<laughs> what do you think about this viral photo of Tony Khan accidentally, you know, in quotations, accidentally leaking the full gear card? All the matches laid out, some of the winners possibly circled. Do you think this was an accident or do you think Tony Khan is just smarter than the rest of us? Well, you know, that was really interesting. And I wondered, was it really an accident? Was he floating a trial balloon to see how people responded? You know, it, it, for people who don't know what we're talking about, he was at halftime at a Jacksonville Jaguars game. Uh, his dad owns the team, so he's there on Sundays for the games. Uh, flipped his notebook around and had what seemed to be a tentatively written out card for the upcoming full gear pay-per-view on November 13th written in the notebook. I mean, it looked like a full card written out. Now, he has since released a statement saying that is not the final card. That was just him brainstorming during halftime of the Jaguars game. So we'll see what happens with that. One thing we do know is that Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega are going at it for the AEW World Championship. And when you look at the card, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, all this makes sense. Like, this has got to be legit. Like, I know he's saying, like, no, this wasn't the card, but it's like, yeah, this wasn't the card, wink, wink, you know? Right. So when I first saw the card, I was like, okay, all these matches make sense. I didn't really understand the, the Moxley versus Danielson. But then, of course, on a Dynamite, they came out with the... Uh, the Eliminator Tournament. And on one side, you had John Moxley, and on the other side, you had Brian Danielson. Right. So who, that seems like who's going to be the two finals for that. Well, it'll be interesting. If that's the way it turns out, then we'll know that, that yeah. it wasn't as tentative <laughs> as he thought it was, or as he's saying it was. I mean, I hope that the, that's the card, because it looks like it's going to be a really exciting pay-per-view, if, if that's the case. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it would look like a great show. I, I don't want to puff up Tony Khan too much, but I think... Maybe in a couple of years, we're going to see that he's a lot smarter than everybody thought he was. I think that's probably true. And honestly, I mean, you know, we we give WWE crap because it seems like sometimes they're making it up as they go and they don't know what they're doing from week to week. But I think Tony Khan's probably got a vision for a couple of years. And I mean, he says he's got a five-year vision for the company wow. of like specific feuds he wants to go towards something, building something over a five-year period. That's pretty incredible. And I know we gave a lot of crap about WWE last week and yeah. I, I don't want to crap on them too much. Like no, I, I, I've been a WWE guy for, you know, 25 years. Yep. So I, I love WWE. I, I'm just really, really excited about AEW right now. And that's what I want to talk about. And this is our podcast and we can talk about it. That's right. We can talk about <laughs> anything we darn well want to. That's right. Uh, speaking of speaking our mind, what did you think of Roman Reigns' statements on CM Punk this week? <laughs> so, of, of course, Roman Reigns is going to say this. He's the number one guy in WWE, he's the top guy, he's the champion, he's part of the most famous WWE wrestling family. I mean, when asked about the competition, he's not going to say anything positive. And I don't know if this was actually Roman Reigns, if this was Roman Reigns talking or if this was Joe talking. I don't, I don't think so, because what I've seen from him as a person, just behind the scenes, he seems like a really nice guy. And he has a lot of friends over in AEW, like, of course, like John Moxley. I mean, they've, as far as I know, they're still friends. So I don't think he means all that stuff that he was saying. I think he was just saying it because he probably felt like he had to say that because, you know, Vince is going to hear everything that he's going to say. Yeah. And I think at the same time, you got to take it as, you know, a heel wrestling character. Exactly. Commenting on one of the top names of another promotion. So, I mean, he really belittled the entire promotion, including John Moxley. By mm -hmm. saying they're all little brothers to him, 
And, you know, but that totally fits with his head of the table gimmick that he's working right now. So maybe it's just entirely character. Maybe it's some of it's for Vince or maybe, you know, he just really doesn't think of AEW as a threat. That is certainly the message that Vince McMahon's been sending, but the company's acting differently. Why do you add an extra 30 minutes to the end of a a Fox Sports 1 broadcast when, you know, when you never do that otherwise? Exactly. I honestly think that they're playing this thing totally wrong. I think the best thing that Vince and WWE could do is to just not acknowledge AEW at all. Like if they learned anything from the last Monday Night Wars with WCW, just ignore it. Because if you're bringing things up about them and talking about them, it's only going to bring eyes to the other promotion. So the best thing that they could do is to just stay in their lane and mind their own business. But I understand why, why Roman Reigns said what he said. And I, I think he was in kayfabe. I don't think it was actually all him. I think he was playing. I think he was playing a character. I, I think so too. I think we were seeing the heel Roman Reigns character speaking out against the competition. But I agree with you too that uh, I mean, think of it like a political candidate. Uh, when somebody's got a major lead in the polls, the best thing they can do is go through the entire campaign without ever mentioning their opponent's name, as if they're so far above it. You know, that they're just going to focus on policy. They're just going to focus on good quality content, not focusing on the competition or sending zingers or throwing mud. And I think you're right. That's exactly what WWE should be doing. They are the top brand in what the rest of us call sport uh, pro wrestling. They call sports entertainment. And it's, it's by a long shot. So giving uh, AEW any attention is only going to help AEW in the end. But, man, Tony Khan sure baited them, and they took the bait. <laughs> yes, they did. But, 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 hey, can I just say something controversial? Go for it. That's what this podcast is for. Okay, well, well let me hit the controversial button. All right. Here we go. I don't think CM Punk's that great. Oh! <laughs> I know, I know. Calm down, you ass clowns. I think there was some truth to what Roman Reigns was saying. It would not be a believable match. I don't think CM Punk would have... I mean, I think they would have a good match, but it wouldn't be believable. I think he's a little bit overrated. I think he's probably the best person on the mic Yes, on that promotion. And I love him on commentary, yeah. but when he wrestles, it's, it doesn't get me excited like it did 10 years ago. Well, I, I'm going to completely disagree with you there. I think, <laughs> I think Punk is, I mean, he, he is what brought me back to professional wrestling after all these years. Now, listen, after he came back, then Danielson showed up and Adam Cole showed up. And I think they've really got something special going over on AEW right now. And so I'm paying attention to things other than Punk. But Punk was one of my longtime favorites. I could not wait once I heard he was coming back. I understand what you're saying. I think they're intentionally putting him in matches against people who are, you know, they're they're not main eventers right now. They're trying to elevate folks with his early work. Um, but I, I think it's going to get more exciting as time goes on. I think he's capable of a lot. But, you know, the guy's been out for, what, seven years. So That's true. Uh, I, I would have some ring rust after that as well. Probably seven <laughs> weeks I'd have ring rust. Yeah. Well, you know, something that worries me with, you know, the booking of CM Punk, like, I understand that he wants to help out some of these younger guys, but do you think putting in CM Punk that often is is going to kind of take some of the magic away instead of rather, ha- you know, having him wrestle maybe like once a month against somebody a little more exciting? Because eventually it's going to get to the point, it's like, oh, CM Punk's wrestling again, right. and he's facing another a low-card guy. It's like, no one's going to care. Yeah, but I think they're going, uh, I think they're going to ramp up the competition week to week. So I think it will get more exciting as we go. On uh, Tony Khan's notebook for full gear, wasn't it Wardlow? 
against CM Punk? Uh, yeah. I think you're right. I mean, that, he's a big guy, so that's going to be more of a challenge. Now, I don't think Wardlow's like the best technical wrestler in the world, but what we're going to probably see is CM Punk just barely make it over him, and that elevates Wardlow a little bit. I mean, he's in the ring with a legend, so I think that's what they've decided to do with Punk. I'm, I'm not commenting on yes or no. I was a little surprised that he's not in the Eliminator Tournament. But I think that's by design. I think that's what Punk wants. He's not here for a championship, at least not yet. What did you think of Raw this week? I thought it was good. Uh, I really dislike how they're treating the Queen's Crown Tournament. It's like they keep saying, yes, this is the era of, of, of the women superstars, and yet they still are doing, you know, one-minute matches, two-minute matches, which I can understand for, like, Shayna Baszler because, of course, she squashes everybody, and she, as she should. But some of these others, I think they deserve a little more respect. And that's, that's kind of leaving a bit of a sour taste in my mouth for for Raw and SmackDown? Yeah, I I think it's sad. I think that's an unfortunate mistake. If you're going to call something the Queen's Crown or the King of the Ring, and then you only put your lower-level guys that you haven't really given any real attention to on television in a long time, and you're going to make this out to be something really important, then you at least have to give them time to tell a story. And certainly with the women, they are not giving them that respect in the booking right now. Yeah, it's really it's really unfortunate. I hate how they're booking this. And hopefully the Queen's Crown Tournament will turn into something better. Uh, or at least we can get some good women's matches on Dynamite. <laughs> but anyways, probably my favorite. <laughs> so my favorite part about Raw this entire entire week was the segment between Big E and Drew McIntyre and, and Big E talking about his nipples. I mean, yep, mine too. <laughs> did it not remind you of like something yeah. like The Rock would say in like 2000? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it reminded me of. Yeah. Well, what, what did you think about Raw? Was there anything that stood out to you? Um, I'm really excited for Xavier Woods right now. I think he's getting a, a long-awaited push that that he needs, and so I love to see him shine. Um, I really had hoped that they would use the King of the Ring to elevate Ricochet, and they did not do that at all. I think Ricochet is one of the best wrestlers in the world. I think he's wasted uh, in WWE right now, but um, Xavier Woods is is getting a push that he really needed. I really thought that they would go towards Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston against each other in the King of the Ring. That seems like a missed opportunity, as a wise man on Facebook said recently, and that was you. Oh my gosh, I was so mad when this didn't happen. It was such a missed opportunity. It wouldn't have hurt New Day. If anything, it just would have made them stronger. They could have had a beautiful moment where they had a great match. They could have shook hands, and you know, I'm doing this for my for my partner. And it could have just been great. It's such a missed opportunity, and it's just dumb WWE booking once again. Yep, sure is. What did you think of NXT this week? Uh, I, I think it might have actually been the best NXT 2.0 so far. I mean, it wasn't as good as the original NXT, mm-hmm. but I thought it was a really good send-off for Swerve. I mean, it was actually surprised me. Like, I didn't expect him to for him to win and then for... You know, Carmelo Hayes to come in and cash in that contract. So it, it was a good moment. And I, I think that was the highlight of the show. Yeah. I think that was probably the best thing on the broadcast this week. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm not feeling NXT 2.0 at this point. Now, I hope that it gets better. Um, I don't have high hopes for that because I think they're about to, uh, I'm not a big fan of Braun Brecker. And I think that's what? where it's headed. I think they're about to make him <laughs> the NXT champion. And I am just not feeling that at all. No. Jason. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love him. I mean, especially, you know, he's a Steiner. Come on. I know. I know. I mean, I don't, I think they're pushing him a little too fast. 
Yeah. I think they should give him like, you know, at least six months or a year or something. But yeah, I mean, you introduce this guy and then, you know, three months later, he's challenging for the world championship uh, or at least your brand's championship. I think that's probably pushing things a little far. But, you know, they've sent a message. They really do want to they want people to think that this is a brand new show. This is not the same NXT where Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose and Seth and uh, Kevin Owens and all those guys um, cut their teeth. And so, the, I mean, hey, you put it on Braun Brecker, and he, that's definitely going to send that message. Which I could do without all the, the goofy weddings and the honeymoons, and that that stuff is just awful. Like, I don't know who they're trying to appeal to, but that, <laughs> that stuff is just bad. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I mean, I think they're trying to create long-term storylines that carry over from week to week to kind of hook some interest. And, you know, women have a significant role in demographic ratings. And I think they're trying to do some things to get more women interested in the program. I think that's happening across the spectrum of professional wrestling right now. Um, I don't sure. know how successful that is. Like Roads to the Top. Have you watched yeah. any of that? I have watched a little bit of it. I actually liked it more than I thought I would. <laughs> I did too. I hate to say it, but I actually, I've watched every episode with fervor. I like it a lot. <laughs> okay, good. I'm, I'm glad you, I mean, I, when, I, when I heard about it, I groaned. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was good because anytime that, you know, especially an AEW uh, wrestler gets attention uh, from a national network like TNT is a positive for the business, right? But right. Uh, Cody's just, I mean, I don't know. He's not clicking right now with the audience. And so maybe maybe this will help him get over a little better with the folks who are watching. But I think they have the best opportunity in the world to turn Cody Rhodes into the greatest heel in AEW. Absolutely. And I don't understand why they won't pull the trigger on that. I mean, could you imagine? He would be like the bad boss guy. Like, yes. he's, he's so good at being a heel and he's so bad at being a baby face. <laughs> yeah, he is. But see, the problem, he, you know, he's got him up against Malachi Black right now. Mm-hmm. And he, he's supposed to be the heel, but he, everyone loves him. Like my, like my three-year-old son loves Malachi Black. That's his favorite wrestler. <laughs> like, like Malachi Black did a backflip and my son tried to do a backflip and about broke his neck. But anyways. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> do not try this at home. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think if they could just figure out a way to turn Cody Hill, I think that would be great. I mean, all they have to do is, you know, let Brandy talk a little bit more because people do not <laughs> like her either. <laughs> yes, that is very true. Um, and really, they've got a prime opportunity. All he has to do is turn on Arn. Yeah, it seems like they're trying to, they're, the storyline they're trying to do right now, it feels like Arn's trying to make Cody better and trying to make him more of a man. Yeah, but they have such a good opportunity here. Yeah, they do. I hope. I hope that happens. But here we are talking about something other than the NXT program that we're supposed to be talking about. That's right. That's right. Oh, so back to NXT. So the best thing about NXT is that it's at least better than 205 Live. Oh, wow. That's sad. 205 Live, the program that used to be limited to the cruiserweights, but now they have giant men fighting these little guys. And it's, uh, I'm not sure what 205 means. It, it, yeah. Is it, is it taped in Birmingham? Is that, it's the 205 area code? Is that what we mean by that now? I don't understand. I guess that's what it's supposed to mean. But, you know, it's supposed to be under 205 pounds, but Odyssey Jones is 405 pounds. They need a rebrand. They need a, a rebrand yesterday. Yeah, we need a new name for that program, don't we? And there's some incredible wrestling on 205 Live. Yeah, totally. Like the high-flying cruiserweight style, that's really my favorite kind of wrestling. Yep, me too. And I don't know. I feel like they're just like WWE does. They just kind of 
bad booking. <laughs> right. Well, and, you know, we're a couple of weeks too late on this, but that's to me why the draft and the brand split, it doesn't make any sense because everybody no. knows that no matter who's drafted to Raw, who's drafted to SmackDown, who's on NXT, who's on 205 Live, it's going to change however Vince needs it to change mm-hmm. or the writing committee or whoever's in charge at any one time. Because it's all fluid. It's one company and everybody knows it. And they don't ever have a serious run of Raw versus SmackDown, which it seems like they have a prime opportunity to do that. If you're going to have a brand split, have an actual brand split that matters and, you know, lock people into place. Like the first one. Right. Well, here's my uneducated opinion about the brand split. Okay. So you had WCW going up against WWF. Well, WWF won. And so now it's getting a little stale, so they had to figure out a way to make some more excitement. What better way to make excitement is competition. So they did some competition between the two brands, Raw and SmackDown. So now that AEW is in the picture, there's no need for this fake competition between the two brands. They have actual competition. So why not end the brand split, bring everybody together in one roster, and give every show the absolute best that they can give it? That's just that's just my dumb opinion. Yeah, I... <laughs> I would I would love that as well, but I don't think that's going to no. happen. It seems like they're getting pressure from Fox. I think the reason we saw Becky Lynch return when we did, and the reason that we saw Brock Lesnar return when we did, was all pressure from Fox because Fox was not happy with the SmackDown ratings. And so they want more stars shining on SmackDown. And so they're, they're reshuffling some things, and they're trying to make the best out of, pro- out of probably what's a very difficult situation. Yeah. Um, but I just think the brand split has been a colossal failure for years mm-hmm. and years and years. But, uh, you know, hey, we do get some good matches. And this week has been a great example because when there is competition, and I'm not talking about between SmackDown and Raw, I'm talking about SmackDown and Rampage. When there is competition, who wins? The fans win. That's right. We got to see some of the best matches of the year so far on one night across two different pro- or three different programs if you call it, count buy-in as a separate program. Yeah, the buy-in was <laughs> that was amazing. Did you did you get a chance to watch that live? I I did not watch well I watched the last match live and I went back and watched the rest. So the the YouTube comments, like the live comments, like you couldn't read it. Mm-hmm. It was just like flying. So many people chiming in. Yeah, I think at the height there was around 100,000 people watching it at once. And I cannot believe that they gave us that quality of a match for free on YouTube. Thank you, AEW gods. Yeah, it was really something. And, oh, I know we're going to get to it, but man, Minoru Suzuki and Brian Danielson. Wow. They beat the hell out of each other. I mean, talk about it could be the match of the year, at least in the running. Yeah. Yes. Like, did you Gotta see that? mentioned in that conversation. That forearm. I was at a forearm or an elbow to the head. <laughs> yes. Like, everyone's like, oh, did you see how Brian Danielson sold that? Well, he didn't have to sell it. That was stiff. <laughs> yeah. I could have sold that. <laughs> I, exactly. Like, he could just crumble uh, to the ground. No, that was real. Like, because. Yes. That's right. <laughs> there, was, there was even like a little bit of blood that's coming out. <laughs> yeah. The powers of pain could have sold that. I mean, guys who never sold anything would have sold that because it was real. And I feel it's so bad. I mean, Brian. Brian Daniel, poor Brian Danielson. I mean, the guy has concussion issues, or at least he did, right? Yeah. And that's why Vince and the team at WWE kind of held him back, didn't want him going full speed, full blast. And he just goes to AEW, and he's like, I'm going to do what I want. And he is absolutely doing that. I guess we'll get a good year run out of Brian Danielson then. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I am afraid for his long-term success, but I think he has a multi-year contract, so he may be common in commentary before it's over. <laughs> General Manager Danielson. It <laughs> seems like we've seen that show before. Uh, let's see what else was on that buy-in. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, Bob, uh, Bobby Fish and Lee Moriarty, which <laughs> just seems like another unnecessary signing. I mean, their roster is already very well stacked. Which that match was okay. I I think Bobby Fish is good, but I think that was yeah, another kind of unnecessary signing to me. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think Adam Cole got his friend a job, but Bobby Fish is a really great wrestler. Oh, he's, he's fantastic. I just think AEW is just saturated with wrestlers right now. Yeah, and it seems like a lot of the people that they're signing are like in the forty, you know, thirty five, forty age group, and that's something that we were gonna. I was gonna say when we were talking about um, like CM Punk and some of these older guys that are signing. It's kind of a pet peeve I have when these older guys keep coming back and they keep coming back and they should have retired a long time ago. Not saying that CM Punk should be retired, but like, you know, guys like The Undertaker, who is well past his prime and just being there is hurting their legacy. And even being in, you know, on the card is bumming off a younger guy that could be on the card. I just think some of these older guys should give the younger guys a chance. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and I think that Punk is mindful of that, and that's why he's insisting on working with the younger guys. Yeah, that's fair. You know, if he can't be there to help elevate them, but at the same time, he's got to get some wins because after you're gone for seven years and lose twice in UFC, you have to rebuild your brand a little bit as far as in the ring. But That's true. Back to Roman Reigns' point. He's 200 pounds, soaking wet, and got beat up in UFC. And All right now, heel Roman. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Roman Reigns. I really am. Like... And if you listen, oh, if you see. listen to the crowd, like he's starting to turn into a baby face. Like they're, you know, they're yelling Roman. Like they're not yelling for the, his opponents. Like he's there's the tide is starting to, tur- to turn for Roman Reigns. Well, I think at some point everybody's going to wake up and realize they're being force fed uh, Vince's chosen <laughs> uh, champion again, and they're going to turn. But we'll see. I it can de- see that. It depends how the uh, Paul Heyman experience goes. I, yeah, that's true. I mean, Paul Heyman can make the gobbledygooker world champion. That's how good he is at putting people over. But did you see where Roman Reigns uh, broke the record for the most uh, shirts and merch sold for a heel? No, I did not. Yeah, like he, I mean, the the, the you know those Bloodline shirts. Like, yeah, he broke yeah. the record. He's he's the most sold shirts for a heel ever. Well, that's incredible. So that's got to tell you something about the fans getting behind him. Yeah, I'm, and I think that they did have some good matches. Um, I thought I thought the Kevin Owens matches were really good, and I thought that really helped establish Roman as a top, a true top guy. You know, joking aside about Vince's chosen champion, <laughs> but I mean, how long have we been trying to make this guy the guy? Oh, years and years and years, years and years and years, and they tried to do it with Brock once, and now they're about to try to do it with Brock again. So we'll see. God, I hope not. I mean, we'll, we'll get to it later, but I'm a, not a Brock fan at all. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that. I mean, I would, you know, it, the wrestling fan in me says go Brock at Crown Jewel. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not excited about a part-timer coming in and taking over. And I don't know that that's what's going to happen, but we'll talk about that more down the road. Uh, so anyways, moving on to Friday night. This is when it started to get a little bit more interesting. This this here like made my heart just pound like crazy because I was one of those people that was switching back and forth the whole time. Traitor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but it was hard because there was really good matches on yeah, both. There were. Like like at one point it was um 
Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. Yes, they were, they were going right up against CM Punk and, my, and Matt Seidel. Mm-hmm. And you're and you're messaging me on Facebook saying, "How do I choose between these matches?" <laughs> yeah, but you know, I made the obvious choice. I, I watched Becky versus Sasha. <laughs> yeah, and that makes sense to me. It really does. Um, I, and I know a lot of people made that choice. You know, um, I, I thought the Punk Seidel match was fantastic, but uh, Becky Sasha was really good. And they have amazing chemistry when they get in the ring together. It was one of the best matches, I think, on SmackDown this year so far. Oh, yeah. and That might have been the match of the night, for sure. it was for me. And I think they set up really well the Crown Jewel match with uh, Bianca Belair. And I love Bianca Belair. I'm a huge Bianca Belair fan. Yeah. And we're we're probably going to do a whole episode about her when we talk about mental health and all of her struggles and all that she's went through. But she is just such an inspiration and... And I, I, I'm really looking forward to that match. I think it's going to be one of the best matches that night on Crown Jewel. But we'll talk about that later, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite match of the night, besides that one, was uh, the Usos versus the Street Profits. Yeah, that was a big favorite with a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you see the Dudley Boys reference? Uh-huh. Sure did. <laughs> Slapped him in the face. Get the tables. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not only that, did you see uh, Montez Ford getting his redemption? Did you, I did, did you see yes. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to jump on this table and it's not going to break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like when they can weave little elements like that into the story. And I, I really, really want Montez Ford to, to, to you know go into the singles competition because I love him so much. I think he's really talented. And, and you know, he could just be a power couple with Bianca. That'd yeah, be great. I th- I'm sure they're going to go down that road at some point. I, I almost hate to see what happens you know, after the Street Profits break up, just because I think they're really good together. I think they're yeah. a, a breath of fresh air in the tag team division. But I know that, uh, you know, there's there's brighter days ahead for that tag team division. So they'll get there. And they broke, they already broke up like three tag teams this week. So right. yeah. it's, it's tag team breaking up season. <laughs> it is, yes. Uh, something else I want to talk about real quick was the Seth Rollins and Edge, like the feud that they have going on right now with the Hell in the Cell and the promos that they both did on SmackDown which they may have been given a little bit too much time, but I loved it. I love everything about Seth Rollins and the Edge feud. So I talked about last week how the very first wrestling show I ever watched was the first SmackDown. Well, on the very first SmackDown, what kicked it off was Edge and the Brood. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was his first promo or if it was his first with the Brood, but it was it was the first big promo that started to get Edge over. And I fell in love with Edge. Or like right behind Mick Foley, Edge is my favorite wrestler. You know, he was my favorite all through the the ruthless aggression era with him and Cena because I hate Cena. That was some of my favorite matches, and of course he had the big the big WrestleMania match with with Mick Foley. He's just always been yes. one of my favorites, and yeah, I love this setup that they have with Seth Rollins. But all you know, after saying all that, I want Seth Rollins to to take it because <laughs> because he just needs redemption for his Hell in the Cell against the Fiend. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> the worst the worst match possibly ever. Yeah. And I think he needs some redemption. I think you'll get that. I mean, we'll talk about it particularly in our predictions, but I think Seth is about to come into one of his greatest hours. I think Seth and Becky are the power couple. I, I think for a long time, Triple H and Stephanie were the power couple of WWE. I think that's shifting. And I know they're just, you know, folks working there, but um, they are very, very important in the future of that brand. And I think everybody knows it. And as much as I, as much as I love Edge and he's one of my favorite you know, wrestlers of all time, like I said earlier, with the kind of the older guys coming in, I don't really want to see them as champion or the top guy because, you know, they're injury prone and they've done everything there is to do. 
And I want to see some of the younger guys be on top. So as much as I love Edge, you know. But that was really, really, really good promos. Oh, yeah, said, definitely. Ed, where Edge said he's going to go and, you know, fight Becky. And it's like, oh, yeah, I don't I don't think she's going to have any problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> she can handle herself. Yeah. Saw a really cute picture online that Becky Lynch shared um, her championship title was in a luggage a suitcase open and their baby girl was like crawling on top of it and she said this little lady's the only one who's ever going to take this title away from me <laughs> i did see that, that. Was cute. <laughs> that was really adorable yeah and I, w- I wonder if seth gets jealous you know that she's champion ooh, and he's not ooh, 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 <laughs> ooh. yeah maybe so which i, I have i've I've, I've heard him say you know when the when she was headlining wrestlemania that was the year that he was fighting for the championship. And he was, he was a little hurt. He was a headlining that year. <laughs> well, you know, Seth, <laughs> sorry, man. Uh, she, I mean, <laughs> Becky Lynch really caught the imagination of the wrestling world with the man gimmick. And it caught on like wildfire. She was red hot until um, she stepped down once she got pregnant. And man, she just picked up right where she left off when she came back. It's been great. And you know, have you noticed that her style and the way she talks and the way she dresses is kind of similar to Seth? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's on purpose. I'm sure it is. Yeah, that's that's what I mean by the it couple of the moment. I mean, they really, yeah, uh, they they starting to resemble each other uh, a great deal. Yeah. And I would love to see them doing some kind of like mixed tag teams. Like I sent you a message how I'd love to see Beth Phoenix and Edge yes. fight them. How cool would that be? I think it's going to happen. It's got to happen at some point, right? I mean, it's there's happen. no reason it can't happen. Like if they can do uh, AJ Styles and, and almost versus uh, RK Bro for a year, they, they can <laughs> extend this one a little bit longer. They, this feud can go a little yeah, bit longer. It can. But, you know, usually Hell in the Cell is the blow off. So we'll see what happens. That's true. Crown Jewel. That's true. We'll see. Hey, maybe the women will get involved there. Please, please, <laughs> God. Oh, something we didn't mention was the um, oh the the Finn Balor and Sami Zayn match. We didn't really talk about that. Yeah, it was that was a it great was one. a really great I match. Thought. And those are two really underrated guys at this point. I mean, there was a there was a brief moment that Finn Balor was on top of the WWE universe as the Universal mm-hmm. Champion, but that was a very fleeting moment. He got hurt, relinquished the title the next night, and he really just hasn't been the guy since then. Or really even in the conversation as the guy. They gave him a little run with Roman earlier this year, um, but I don't think anybody oh, ever thought it. That he had a serious chance against Rowan, and no. uh, so this was an exciting moment to watch him and Sammy shine. They're both fantastic workers. Um, honestly, I had just heard rumors for so long that neither one of those two were going to Saudi Arabia um, due to a variety of reasons, and so I was confused about how they would end it. And so when Finn Balor uh, went over, I was excited to find that he should be going to compete in Saudi Arabia this year. Yeah, that that just makes me so angry. Like, it's like they treat the fans like like they treat us like we're dumb. It's like, yeah, we know that Sami Zayn can't go to Saudi Arabia. We know he's not going to win. So it's like, why bother? And I've never really been a big Sami Zayn fan, but they they have really great chemistry together. Yeah, they do. And I I think they could do a good run together. Of course they could. I mean, there's some guys that are just going to have a great run with whoever you put them with, and those two are two people who can do that. Yeah, because you know Finn Balor. His matches in NXT were some of my favorite matches. Yeah, me too. So I, I would love to see him get a bigger push. I would too. We'll see what happens at uh, Crown Jewel. What'd you think of Dynamite? Uh, so uh, 
It's going to sound really weird to say because we had a Brian Danielson match, and we had a Bobby Fish match, and we had a CM Punk match, and all in one night. But uh, something about it, I just it didn't excite me. Really? Okay. Because I, I, I was I didn't really care for it as much this week. But it, you know, we also had such a big week of wrestling. We had an extra hour and a half yeah. to watch, and at, at that point, I'm kind of like. Just sensory overload. There's been so much to take in, right? Yeah. So I wasn't as I wasn't feeling as much. Getting a little wrestling fatigue there at the end of the week, were you? A little bit, yeah. Oh, and man. I watch a lot of wrestling. Yeah, so. <laughs> you watch more than I do. Um, okay, well, I I thought Dynamite was good. I love the focus on ring action on Dynamite. You can count on consistently longer matches, consistently higher quality matches. Um, and usually more balanced matches. They're not generally one-sided, short, squash-type matches. Except for the John Moxley match. That was a little bit of a squash. That was definitely, <laughs> yeah. That's why I said usually. Um, I think they're trying to build up Mox as a guy with a chip on his shoulder. I mean, that's kind of been his gimmick since he got to AW, but... Um, he got Wait, Is it a gimmick? <laughs> well, maybe not. Uh, I don't know. I need to read his book and find out what he's really thinking. Um, but Mox... Um, he really does seem to have more of a chip on his shoulder than ever. He got robbed of the AEW championship and never really has had a chance to go after it again. And now that he's in that title eliminator tournament, we'll see if that develops down the road. Well, something about Mox is he just has a passion for wrestling. I mean, he uh, you can look up his net worth. He's worth like $6 million or something like that. And yet he's going to GCW and these smaller promotions and is putting his body through hell, like getting thrown through glass panels and his, his back is just totally just ripped to shreds. He yep. does it because he loves it. I mean, he, he really doesn't does. have to, he doesn't have to do those matches. No, you know, sure doesn't. At, the, at, at this point in his career, he's been, the, he's been at the top. Like he can just coast. And Tony Khan would probably rather he didn't do those death <laughs> matches and stuff like that. And I know his wife would because she's oh, yeah. on Twitter saying, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this the whole time he's in those rings. Um, but, and, and it's like you said, he goes above and beyond. He'll show up at a show in California that Eddie Kingston was booked in, mm-hmm. but Eddie Kingston couldn't make it. So John Moxley shows up. That's an upgrade. I mean, I'm nothing against Kingston, but yeah. Mox is just doing all kinds of things that he doesn't have to do. I think he just wants to enjoy this ride while he's on it. And uh, he knows that the days are coming when he won't he won't be there anymore. So it's he's going to enjoy it while it lasts. And there were so many years where he was stuck in this box, this WWE box. And he, he made a comment one day that he was standing in the ring and he was wearing a bear costume. And he just, really, he just hit him like, what am I doing? Like, why am I here? <laughs> so now he's kind of taking it more seriously and... He's free. He's free again. And so he's just having fun, I think. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I first started watching AEW, Mox had been there for a little while when I first started, you know, really paying attention to the week-to-week show. And I was shocked because John Moxley is nothing like Dean Ambrose. No. I mean, nothing. I if if somebody didn't hadn't already smartened me up to the fact that it was the same guy. I would not have believed it. I mean, there is such a difference. And I know that in AEW, you know, Tony Khan gives the guys the choice to be themselves and gives them the power to do that. And so what we're seeing, according to his wife, Renee, is more the real deal of who he is. You know, it's an amplified version of who he is in real life. And so, man, I don't think you can lose with that formula. And I mean, it amazes me how he can take those death matches and and all be through put his body through all of that abuse. And the same with Danielson. I mean, how does he do all that? How do you fight Suzuki on the buy-in and then show up the next night and have another 
quality match, you know, a really yeah. good match with Bobby Fish the very next night. He just had to have been exhausted. But you couldn't tell. He's just a no, pro. not at all. And, you know, he was used to the WWE road schedule where they were wrestling five or six nights a week. And so I guess he's, you know, and he was on top. So he was in some of the longer matches on the show, wrestling those house shows during the week and doing TV. So I guess he's just conditioned himself. He's used to it. But it sure seems like Danielson's given a whole lot more of himself now than they ever allowed him to on WWE. That's true. And, and, you know, that could be why Tony Khan allows his wrestlers to do some of these independent shows to keep them, you know, ring ready because they, they don't have, they're only wrestling, you know, like one night a week. They don't have to do these, you know, these big tours and they're wrestling every night. So he, you know, if, if they want to, he allows them to wrestle some of these smaller promotions to keep ring ready. Yeah, and I think it's an advantage to him too because 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 he doesn't have that exclusivity that WWE has. He doesn't have to guarantee them as much money to be on the television show because they can take other dates as well. So I think it's good for everybody. And I love the Forbidden Door. Yes. I love the fact that they will bring folks in and out. I mean, Minoru Suzuki uh, has really gotten a lot of hardcore fans paying attention to AEW in a way that I don't think they were previously because, I mean, you bring in guys like that and let Mox do his thing. And, I mean, strong style is very well represented on AEW right now. Yeah, it is. And I'm sure that was a dream for Brian Downson. Like, he was itching to do some, like, Japan-style wrestling. Yeah, he really looked like he, I mean, I saw somebody saying he's marking out right now. I mean, <laughs> you just really looked like he was having the time of his life. And that's, you know, I understand your point about Punk, and I think you've probably got more of a point than I want to admit. But Punk seems to be having a lot of fun. And yeah. I love the fact that he's back in wrestling, which was so toxic to him at the end of his WWE run and having a great time doing it. And you see him, you know, talking to these guys. You know, he just pinned Matt Seidel, and he's shaking his hand and hugging his neck and saying something to him. And, I mean, obviously, I'm not privy to that conversation, but I almost wonder if he's not saying, hey, before I leave this place, I'm putting you over, you know? I'm sure he is um, saying I, something I, like I that. I feel like that's what he's there to do in his mind. And so these guys, I mean, they're giving it everything they've got. I'm uh, Again, <laughs> I can't say it enough. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Which I, I think a lot of those WWE guys that have went to AEW are just happy to be there because they can do, they have more freedom. They can do more things that they want, which leads to our big question of the week. Should wrestlers legally be defined as independent contractors or signed as employees with vacation time and benefits and all that? What, what do you think about that, Jason? Yeah, it's been a question that's been going on for a long time. I mean, really years. Um, I remember in the 80s and early 90s, uh, some people tried to unionize WWE, and it was immediately shut down. Yes, they uh, don't Jesse want Ventura. them to have any rights. Yeah, Jesse Ventura got very vocal about that. More recently, former presidential candidate Andrew Yang has been talking about um, getting the Department of Labor involved in the classification of WWE superstars as independent contractors, because if, if they're an independent contractor, then they should be able to work on other shows when they're not working for WWE. If they're an independent contractor, they should have more freedom uh, to do uh, more of what they want to do. They should have some ownership of their own likeness and image and name. Uh, than they do if they're really an independent contractor. I mean, my wife and I are both independent contractors. The first thing that employers talk about with independent contractors is you can't tell them when to work. No. 
as an independent contractor. Now, obviously, with you know superstars and actors and stuff like that, there's going to be shootings and, and all that kind of stuff that you work around. It's a little different situation. But um, these folks that work for WWE are employees. They work for the company. They get a paycheck from the company, but they have to do their own taxes. They have to buy their own health insurance if they can get it because they're in a really, well, I mean, with the health marketplace that uh, Obamacare set up, I guess they can now. But for a long time, some of these guys couldn't get health insurance because how dangerous their job was. And it's not being provided by the company because they're not employees. They're independent contractors. Yeah, I, so I saw a little bit about this a couple weeks ago, and I didn't really know too much about it. And then when this came up, when we were talking about what we wanted to do with the question of the week, I just started getting madder and madder and madder. <laughs> like I was talking to my wife, and she was like trying to get me to calm down because I was just getting so mad about this. It's like you can't tell a wrestler that's an independent contractor that they can't wrestle somewhere because you got you have like low card guys and mid card guy. Like you talked about Ricochet. He's not wrestling every week. He's not, he's not making the same amount of money as some of these bigger, uh, you know, top card guys. If he wanted to go wrestle, you know, a local show to make a little bit of extra money, you know, who were they to tell him that he can't? Like, it totally defeats the purpose of what an independent contractor is. Yeah, if they're going to be employees, if they're going to be brand guys, if they're going to be company men and women, then call them that. Give them the benefits that they deserve. Take care of them and their families. I think it's just corporate greed. And yeah. Vince has gotten away with it for a very, very, very long time. And and listen, I don't know that Tony Khan and AEW are any different in this regard. My understanding is those guys are mostly independent contractors as well. I think the executive vice presidents, and there are several, are employees. But um, I think this is one way that the two companies are a lot alike. And those women and men need to be given the respect of being treated like employees with full benefits. And um, I'm really passionate about that. I've, I've just seen it go on for far too long. These guys and women end up in terrible states at the end of their careers, and they have nothing to fall back on. They get really good paydays for a few years and then it's gone, just cut off completely. Maybe they get a $5,000 Legends contract or something uh, insulting like that. Yeah, I saw, I was looking up, I was looking into that. I was like, well, they're getting Legends contracts and it was something really small. It's like, seriously? And what, what made me mad, you know, the most about this is did you see all this stuff come out about Twitch? No, tell me. So you had all these wrestlers, there was a bunch of them. And they streamed on Twitch, and that's how they were getting extra income. And Vince came in and said, no, you can't do that anymore. Mm. And you had guys like Adam Cole. He was making something like $600,000 a year doing this, like probably more than he was making in the WWE. And that's probably what made him mad. And so they cut all that off, and that's, you know, that's maybe why he left. How fast did his Twitch get fired back up after he jumped to AEW? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much instantly, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll bet. (laughs) Well... I knew that Vince had said they couldn't do cameo anymore and and didn't want them doing, um, you know, their sold appearances and things like that unless they was set up by the company. Um, I just think that that's something that you do with an employee, not something you do with an independent contractor. And, you know, I understand, like, you know, they have copyrights. They have copyright for different names, but they don't have the people's names copyrighted like Adam Cole. Like, I don't think that's copyrighted by WWE. <laughs> so, right. No, that, this I is mean, ridiculous. Yes, you're right. The amount of control that he has over these people's lives when they're not employees, even though they are. Yeah. 
Well, I think I think it's headed in that direction. I hope uh, Andrew Yang and the Department of Labor get on it, and I hope it goes across. I mean, I think the Ring of Honor wrestlers should be male and female should be employees, not contractors. Um, and I think that goes across the wrestling industry. Now, obviously there are some companies that are so small that they're not big enough to have full-time employees. And that might be a little different scenario, but when you're talking about businesses that are making billions of dollars a year, I mean, back in the day when I was, uh, you know, involved in wrestling a little more directly, um, they would get paid for house shows, which they're not doing too many of now, or at least haven't been because of COVID. But they did not get paid for television appearances because wow. the television appearances were what got them over and got you know their merch selling and all that that they would get a cut of. But they had to pay their own hotel. They had to pay their own travel expenses. That's not how you treat employees. And that's the reason that WWE has used the independent contractor clause to their advantage. It saves them money. Yeah. And they're not getting paid for any of the Peacock streams. Isn't that insane? I've heard guys like Ryback talk about how he's gone over to Japan or gone over some of these different countries like India. And like he'll see his face like on like a board game. And, he, you know, he never got a cut of that. Like there's so many shady things that's not talked about that they're doing. And trying to screw the wrestlers out of as much money as they can. Yeah, I mean, when they started coming after Cameo and you mentioned Twitch, I mean, what does that hurt the company for no. those guys to make a little bit of extra money, especially during a pandemic when they were only getting their downside guarantee because they weren't working house shows? I mean, I can understand if like they're doing an OnlyFans or something, you know, it's going <laughs> to well, like, yeah. like directly hurt the hurt. brand in some way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you know, they're just playing games. They're just talking to their their fans. Well, it's infuriating. But I would love to hear what our listeners have to say on that in that regard. Uh, we'd love to hear you answer the question of the week on Twitter at uh, Powerbomb PH and we also have an email account set up, powerbombpowerhour at gmail.com. Write us in and let us know. Do you think wrestlers should be independent contractors or employees of these billion-dollar companies? We'd love to hear what you have to say. And we just hit 100 followers on Twitter. So we're on our way. <laughs> so we'll put that question out on our social media, and we'd love for you to chime in and answer it. We want to hear from you and get to know you and the way you think about the current climate of professional wrestling. Uh, let's talk, Eric, before we go, about your match of the week. I think that my match of the week, it just has to go to Suzuki versus Danielson. I mean, what a match. I mean, it was just the most exciting. It was the most hyped. It's, it's definitely going to be in the running for match of the year. So I, there, there's others that I liked, but that, that one's got to be the one for me. What about you? Absolutely. Yeah, that was definitely my pick as well. Um, I, I don't think anything else this week held a candle to it. I do think that Sasha and Becky was extremely good. It was but good. Danielson and Suzuki was just a little bit better. Um, let's make some quick predictions on Crown Jewel. How do you think things are going to go in the Mansoor versus Mustafa Ali match? I just feel like this match was so rushed. Like, there was no build-up to it. Like, even the wrestlers themselves have gone on Twitter. They complained how they just put it on last minute. And I think they're both really good wrestlers. And I'm not I'm not very invested in it because there wasn't a lot of build-up. But I really hope that these guys steal the show because I think that would be just the biggest F.U. to the booking there at WWE. 
Yeah, I think Mustafa Ali is a fantastic wrestler. I'd love to see him really get his moment. I thought it was going to happen with Retribution, but that angle was so badly booked from the beginning that I just never developed into anything serious. Um, Unfortunately for Mustafa, I really think that Mansoor goes over at Crown Jewel. He's the hometown boy, and the way that this was thrown on the card, it was almost as if the Saudi prince called up Vince and said, we want our guy to win in our country. Guaranteed why they did that. I'm, I'm sure. So, <laughs> all right. So, what do you think will happen in the tag title match between RK Bro and AJ and Amos? Uh, this is another one. This has been going on since last WrestleMania. Just so long. And AJ Styles is one of the best wrestlers of this era. Yes. And I hate that he's being booked in a tag team like this. So, I don't care who wins as long as I, I hope that AJ Styles and Amos loses. So that way AJ Styles can get mad and go do singles because he needs to. <laughs> I'm just well, sick of this. And, and there are some folks that really need a quality opponent to work with, and AJ is the guy that can have a great match with absolutely anybody. So, I mean, that AJ Styles um, Riddle match, yes, that was an that was an incredible match. Really, really good. Yeah. Now, what's your feeling about RK Bro right now? It kind of reminds me of the Rock and Sock connection a little bit. Okay. You know, it's kind of you got the serious guy and you got the goofy guy. I like Riddle. You know, he kind of reminds me of like RVD or somebody like that. <laughs> Okay. And of course, and of course, Randy Orton. He's just a legend. So, yeah, he is. I think every. I think all four of those could do better in singles. That's just my opinion. And and I think that's where RK Bro is headed. Right. I mean, at some point, Randy loses patience and turns on Riddle. Yeah, it's got to it happen. Could, it, it could happen. You know, like Crown Jewel. It could. I don't expect it to. I think they're going over, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah, they're they're selling too many T-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's it's still got some life left in it. I think they're pretty yeah. funny together. So they are pretty funny. Yeah. All right. Seth Edge, Hell in a Cell. What say you? Okay. I think this is definitely going to be the match of the night because I love Edge. Seth Rollins has been in like, you know, four Hell in a Cell. Mm -hmm. He knows what he's doing. Yep. Edge does too, obviously. Yeah. Edge is a psychopath. Seth Rollins is a sociopath. It's going to be great. (laughs) As far as winner goes, like I said earlier, I want Seth to win because I think he needs it more. I think whoever wins this match is probably going to go on to face Roman. Or, you know, whoever's the champion. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I like Edge. I, I mean, I love Edge. But I, I really think it's going to go to Seth this time. Yeah, I agree. I think that's what's going to happen. I think it will be a great match. I think it has potential to be a match of the year candidate. Let's see what happens on Thursday. Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. How invested are you in that match? <sighs> are you ready for another maybe not so controversial opinion? <laughs> yes. I do not like Goldberg. Okay, good. He does not know how to wrestle. Uh-huh. He knows how to do squash matches. Yep. <laughs> so, so I really don't care. He's Oldberg. He's like, it's like I was talking about earlier. He's another one of them guys that should have stopped wrestling a long time ago. I hope Bobby Lashley just, you know, breaks his old hip. No, nah, not really. But Wow. <laughs> I don't mean that. <laughs> the vitriol has been really strong. I mean, you've got Goldberg talking about murdering Bobby Lashley on national television more than once. Yeah, that was intense. Yeah, uh, Lashley's got to win this match. I I would think. I love um, Bobby Lashley. Like yeah. I, you know, back in like you know ten years ago or so, which he's kind of older too. Uh, he was a big guy. He, you know, he was good, but he wasn't that exciting. But as champion, he's been great. I, yeah, I kind of miss him. I kind of miss him being champion, to be honest. Yeah, he, he's he's been good. He's had his best run of his career the last year, year and a half. Um, I 
don't understand why the Goldberg thing's still going on, except that maybe, again, the Saudi prince, the people behind Crown Jewel, just said we got to have these this this number of big names. They can't bring Undertaker back again. He's officially said goodbye. And so Goldberg is a big name from the past that gives them some kind of legacy value, some gravitas for the card, I guess. But I think Bobby Lashley has to win. And then Goldberg goes away again, maybe forever, but probably until Royal Rumble or WrestleMania next year and you know last time goldberg was in saudi he about you know he about broke undertaker's neck yeah so i that's another reason i don't like goldberg he hurts people yes and if you don't believe that sit down with bret hart for a couple of minutes that's right every single interview bret hart does he mentions goldberg (laughs) in a negative manner all right wwe championship match big e versus drew mcintyre what do you think this is another bad booking like we all know that drew mcintyre is going to smackdown he's not going to win that raw title Mm mm-hmm so I'm not invested in this either. I think it's going to be a good match, but we all know who's going to win. Like Big E is going to retain, which I'm fine with because I love Big E. I think he's hilarious. I think he's a great wrestler, and I think it was due time for him to be champion. Yeah, I agree, and I hope that they don't take that away from him yet. Um, what happened with Kofi Kingston was a travesty. That is awful. It should have never happened the way that it did. I understand the business behind why it happened, but it was an insult. If they do it again to another African-American world champion, um, that's going to begin to write a narrative they do not want written about WWE, and they need to give Big E his uh, well-deserved run with the title now that he's got it. And I'm glad that they're having more African-American champions, and it doesn't undo the decades of racism, that they that they did, and you know Vince saying the N word to Booker T, and just all the ah, just all the awful characters that they had. But I love Biggie. I hope he stays champion a long time because I agree that with Kofi, that was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Absolutely. All right. So, what do you think is going to happen in the finals of the Queen's Crown? I know we don't actually know the full bracket yet, but do you have a a feeling of who you feel like the new Queen of the Ring will be? Well, I I hope they give it to Shayna Baszler because she is so tough. Like, even though she's the heel, you know, I'm not supposed to root for the heel as a wrestling fan. But, you know, I think she's great. I think Selena Vega's great. Mm-hmm. I hope it comes down to those two. In my opinion, I hope it comes down to them. I think it will come down to them. I I am picking Selena Vega to win because, you know, they, they let her go. Well, that was that was another thing. Did you see on, you know, on Twitter, she said she supports unionization. Right, she sure did. So what we were talking then, about earlier, the same yes. kind of thing. Right, and Dolph Ziggler's a big proponent of that as well. And look where he is at on the card. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> Zelina Vega was released. Um, she's married to Malachi, or yeah, Malachi Black. I almost called him Alistair, sorry. Um, <laughs> um, and so that's kind of a, a split brand family. But they did bring her back, and I'm, I'm hoping that they brought her back with a purpose, and yeah. they actually intend to do something. And the Queen's crown would certainly be a good place for that to happen. What I'm afraid of is whoever wins the tournament just goes off to Charlotte and Charlotte beats them pretty round soundly. Yeah. She's the true queen. Right. <laughs> Which you know, you heard crown. me talk about you heard me talk about Charlotte last week. I love Charlotte. Yes. But <laughs> but you know that they have they've given very little time to this tournament. It's kind of pointless to them. Yeah, it's definitely seemed like an afterthought. Like we had to give equal we had to give equality to the women, so we're having a tournament for them too. But they're only get a fourth of time, a fourth as much of time as the men. Yep. King of the Ring finals. What do you think is going to happen? Well, we don't exactly know what's going to happen yet. I hope that they give it to Xavier Woods. 
because I think he deserves it. It makes sense to give to Finn Balor too because, you know, he's the prince. But what what's probably going to happen is they're going to give it to Jinder Mahal, unfortunately. No, gosh. I think I, I think not. it's going to happen. I, I, I'm afraid it's uh, going to happen. So your prediction is Jinder Mahal? Yeah. Even okay. though, I, I don't know if you noticed last week, he's gotten a lot smaller. <laughs> like he's lost some muscle, but I, I still think they're probably going to give it to him as much yeah. as I love Finn Balor and Xavier Woods. Yeah, maybe they will. All right, I'm going to I'm going to say Finn Balor on this one. I do think it'll be Finn Balor versus Xavier Woods in the finals. Um, I don't see them making Woods king of the ring while Big E is WWE champion, unless the plan is for Big E to defend against Xavier Woods at some point in the future. But we'll see. I, I think Finn Balor probably. I think the prince becomes king. Yeah, but we'll that makes find sense. out on Thursday. All right. A Becky versus Bianca versus Sasha for the women's championship, the SmackDown Women's Championship. So if the Edge Seth Rollins match doesn't take the match of the night, this one's definitely going to take the match of the night. Yes. So, you know, Becky and um Bianca are both they were both drafted to Raw. Mm-hmm. So it's for the SmackDown Championship. So I don't know exactly which way this is going to go. So this one's going to be surprising. But you know, Charlotte. She was a Raw champion drafted to SmackDown. So mm-hmm. they may do the whole switcheroo like they did with the you know with the women's titles, right. with the tag team titles. So I'm going to give it to Bianca. Okay. I agree with that. I think Bianca pins Sasha and wins the championship back without Becky actually losing it. And so that sets them up for, for more fun down yep. the road. I think Sasha's here temporarily. I don't think she's going to be around a lot. She's got a great career in Hollywood going. She's in The Mandalorian. She'll be in some other things coming out soon. I think she's headed down a very different road. And I think Becky versus Bianca is probably the future of that. Yeah, I think what, I think I think Be- uh, Becky's kind of come to take Sasha's place mm-hmm. with all that. So, yeah, I, th- I, think, I think we got it. I think Bianca's going to take it. With her Samson-like hair. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Don't cut that hair. She's going to wrap it around her neck and just... <laughs> she's going to choke hold her. The anaconda vice with the hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Universal Championship, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. So I love Roman. I've said it yep. several times. I dislike Brock because, you know, all the stuff that's come out with the sexual allegations and him being a bully in the locker room. Yep. And I just... I cannot support him. Like, as much as he is the babyface in this situation... I can't support him as far as like being on the inside and how they should book it. You know, he's only going to be around for maybe once or twice a year. So they're not going to put the championship on him. And Roman's the guy. I think Roman's going to win. Well, I think you're probably right, but I will never put it past Vince to move the title to Brock temporarily (laughs) and have Roman win it back again down the road. Um, Originally, the plan seemed to be that they would be moving towards a WrestleMania matchup of The Rock versus Roman Reigns for that head of the table status in their family. Which would be but awesome. That would be incredible, and I'd love to see that. But it, the the chatter about that has gone down tremendously lately as The Rock seems to be considering a presidential run or at least some sort of political office. Um, and he may distance himself further from <laughs> professional wrestling. But Well, we'll I, would vote, I would definitely give a vote to the great one. Oh, absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. I think the most exciting part about that match is we're going to see what Heyman's going to do. That's exactly right. That's what I'm looking forward to. Right. Yep. Who gets Heyman in the divorce? That's the question. 
Well, man, it's been fun. I'm looking forward to doing this again next week. It's such a great time to be a wrestling fan. And and friends, we hope that you're having as much fun as we are watching wrestling right now. It's such a great time to be a wrestling fan. And we want to share this experience with you. We want to hear your thoughts on the current wrestling scene. So email us, powerbombpowerhour at gmail.com or powerbombph on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. You can respond to our question of the week. Tell us what you want us to talk about next week and talk about uh, anything that you are interested in in the world of wrestling right now. And what you gonna do when Powerbomb Power Hour runs wild on you? Brother. (laughs) I'll see you. Have a good one, man. See, See you next week.